You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Hi, Kent Hunter here, asking a life or death question. What vehicle does God drive? Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors many times and in many ways through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his Son. Jesus is God's vehicle to deliver grace, love, forgiveness, and eternity. Have you ever considered the vehicles Jesus used? For example, what occurred on Palm Sunday? Jesus entered Jerusalem. You know the story well, or do you? Jesus rode into Jerusalem. The people lined the streets. They honored him with palm branches and laid their garments on the ground. What vehicle did he use? If you said a donkey, you are correct. Did you know that 500 years earlier, the prophet Zechariah predicted that event? In Zechariah 9.9, it says, Your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. Do you know that every donkey born anywhere in the world is born with a cross on its back. The long part of the cross runs along the spine, and the crossbar extends from one front shoulder to the other. How amazing! Jesus, on Palm Sunday, rides into Jerusalem on a cross. And the following Friday, he carries another cross out of Jerusalem. So, what was the vehicle Jesus used for Palm Sunday? If you said the donkey, you are only half right. How did he get that donkey? He asked two of his disciples to go into Jerusalem and bring him a donkey. The disciples were also a vehicle Jesus used, and he is still using people today. You and I are vehicles for Jesus to reach the world. In the Garden of Eden, the Creator used a fruit tree. It literally bore the difference between good and evil. During the Great Flood, God used an ark. Of course, to build that ark, God used Noah and his family. When the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, God used the vehicle of blood on the doorposts. Then, God used the vehicle of dry land in a sea that was separated. Then, God used Moses, a vehicle of leadership. He used manna, a vehicle of survival. Here's what you need to know 
about vehicles. They always send a message. They are indeed containers. They represent what's called the medium. The medium is not the message, not the message. <laughs> it carries the message, right? However, the medium shapes the message. In Bethlehem, God sends a huge message. Jesus shows up in the flesh. Why would he use that vehicle? It's a vehicle that works. The mission of Jesus works best when the medium sends the right message. Perhaps there are several other messages about the medium of a donkey on that first Palm Sunday. You see, if you're looking up the word donkey in the dictionary, it means a domesticated ass, also slang, referring to a person regarded as stupid, foolish, or obstinate. Check it out. It's in the dictionary. Perhaps the message is that Jesus can even use you and me even when, well, you're not at 100%, you're foolish, you're obstinate, <laughs> you're an ass. <laughs> anyway, anyone can be a vehicle of salvation. That's the exciting news. All we have to do is get out of God's way. Be willing to be the vehicle. You know, most Christians would never intentionally approach their faith in a way that is stupid or foolish or obstinate. After all, Jesus wants us to spread his love, forgiveness, new life, and his gift of eternal life. That is the mission for every Christian. That is what it means to be church. To effectively do church, you don't have to be a genius, just willing, like the donkey. Beyond you and me, the Christian movement uses many vehicles. Jesus launched what we call the Lord's Supper. John the Baptist launched baptism. As awful as it was, the cross became a symbol, a vehicle of victory. Why? Because, first of all, he paid it all for us, and it's empty. And so is the tomb. In the Middle Ages, Christianity spread throughout Europe. The believers were smart about using vehicles. Most people couldn't read one of God's greatest vehicles, the Bible. So, leaders told the story of salvation using stained glass. In the early centuries, churches had no heat. People stood for worship. Eventually, someone invented benches. Later, they put backs on the benches, the invention of pews. People could focus longer on the message. And then, later on, someone padded the pews, not realizing, perhaps, the temptation of falling asleep. <laughs> As Christianity flourished, villages became cities 
and humble churches became cathedrals. These magnificent facilities became the centerpieces of many metropolitan areas. Since few people had clocks, churches were built with bell towers to alert people and to draw them to worship. Without modern media, news traveled through countries by couriers. The church was the place to receive regional and national news, and so when the courier arrived, the bells called the people of the city to hear the news. Church was the place of worship and the centerpiece of regional information. In that world, in which few were literate, those who were leading worship dressed in elaborate attire to reflect the symbolism of sin, the color of black, and grace, the color of white, along with colors that reflected the themes of the religious seasons. These were all vehicles that enhanced the communication in a world where most people could not read or write. Today, many of those cathedrals are primarily tourist attractions. They are magnificent symbols, vehicles of a time when Christianity flourished and the faith was exciting. I'm grateful for the privilege of traveling the world and the opportunity to visit many great cathedrals of history, to visit the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris before the fire, the Cathedral at Cologne in Germany, the unusual cathedral in Barcelona, Spain, the Westminster Abbey and St. Paul's Cathedral in London, St. Patrick's Cathedral in Ireland, and the Eastern Orthodox Cathedrals in St. Petersburg and Moscow in Russia, and one of the largest churches in the world, the Oido Full Gospel Church in South Korea. Yet, all vehicles eventually become a distant shadow of contemporary, vibrant faith life. It just happens. Winston Churchill once said, we shape our buildings, and thereafter, they shape us. As buildings age, they send a different message. Many of the churches in the U.S. were built as smaller versions of what early Americans from Europe called church in the countries of their origin. And that was understandable in the first 100 years of North American Christianity, but now, eh, not so much. Today, those facilities, those vehicles, signal a message. That message, the church is old, out of date, irrelevant, and foreign. These vehicles have lost their significance for those who are unbelievers. Many Christians have their favorite Bible. However, language continues to change. With modern technology, language changes even more rapidly. 
If you want to share the real message of the Bible with your children, your grandchildren, or among unbelievers, it may not be your favorite well-worn version of Scripture. If you want the real vehicle of the New Testament, you'd have to learn Greek. Yet, it wouldn't be the Greek language they speak in Greece today. Modern Greeks would have a hard time reading the Greek of the New Testament. Why? Language continually changes. If someone were to ask you about your favorite Bible, your vehicle, today, your best answer might be the next one. Or perhaps you would say three or four of the most recent versions. Here's a tough question. Why do some churches still speak the Lord's Prayer and use the words thy or thou? Why would someone read the scripture that uses words like that? What if a young couple was lying in bed and the husband hugged his wife and said, I love thee? How would that work out for him? <laughs> in our book, Who Broke My Church?, we wrote, in kingdom culture, the medium is not the message. The message is the message, and you do not want the medium to get in the way. The mission of Jesus uses whatever medium works, and that medium changes with every audience, every time, and every place. That's what we wrote in the book, who broke my church. You see, the content of the Christian faith, the scripture, should never be changed. The truth of God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The vehicles that carry that eternal content, however, must constantly change to fit the audience. As Nancy Percy once wrote, your church may be biblical in its message and yet fail to be biblical in its methods. And then she goes on to quote Hudson Taylor. She says, Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, said that the Lord's work must be done in the Lord's way if it is to have the Lord's blessing. We must express the truth not only in what we preach, what we share, but also in how we preach and how we share. That's from Nancy Percy's wonderful book called Total Truth, Liberating Christianity from Its Cultural Captivity. Yaroslav Pelikan was a theologian and professor at Yale University, and he said, Tradition is the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. So, when you think of Palm Sunday, remember this. It is so easy for Christians to slip into worshiping the donkey. In other words, the vehicle gets in the way of the rider, Jesus. And worn-out vehicles send a message Christians don't believe. 
And that message is Jesus is old and out of date. Who'd want to communicate that? Jesus said, No one pours new wine into an old wineskin. If you do, the skin bursts and the wine is spilled and the wineskin is destroyed. New wine is put into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. Yeah, Jesus said that, Matthew 9, 17. You see, Jesus is the new wine. And not just when he was on earth, but always. The wineskin is the vehicle. It does not shape the wine. The new wine of Jesus always shapes the wineskin. The new wine of Jesus always shapes the vehicles. On that first Palm Sunday, Jesus used two vehicles. The disciples to get the donkey and the donkey. Jesus wants to use you and me. And he wants us to be effective. He wants to use our churches with optimum effectiveness. His mission did not end with the donkey, or for that matter, even the resurrection. Jesus says to every believer, every church, go make disciples. It is literally a miracle. And even if you're a dumb donkey, or may I say dumb ass, you too are imprinted by your faith. And you too hear the words of Jesus, take up your cross and follow me. Think about it. You may be the only vehicle Jesus will use to reach some people before it's too late. So, ask Jesus to ride you as a vehicle. Ask Jesus to ride your heart, ride your attitude, ride your relationships. Ask Jesus to ride your church. Ask Jesus to ride your denomination if you have one. You see, it is his vehicle. These, All these things are his vehicles to reach the world. Never, ever allow an old and out-of-date vehicle to send the wrong message about Jesus. He is as relevant as this moment. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.